Welcome to the Live Your Purpose podcast, featuring compelling interviews with big-hearted people in the Oklahoma City metro area who are leading, creating, and innovating on purpose. Get inspired by conversations with passionate difference makers from our local community. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, Life Purpose Coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. On today's episode, we sit down with Jay Sheldon, a professional cinematographer and senior video specialist who uses his passion for storytelling to produce creative content for well-known brands as well as his own. And now, the Live Your Purpose podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Live Your Purpose podcast. I'm sitting down today with Jay Sheldon, who's a professional cinematographer, host of the Miscellaneous Important Stuff podcast, and fellow all-around creative. After receiving a video camera for Christmas at the age of 14, Jay decided that he wanted to pursue a career in film and video. He went on to earn degrees in both film and video production and graphic design from Oklahoma City Community College. Jay has honed his skills in working professionally as an e-media specialist, multimedia coordinator, and for the past five years as a cinematographer and editor at Insight Creative Group where he gets to combine his love of creative collaboration and storytelling through video. In 2014, Jay was awarded with a Heartland Emmy for co-directing, shooting, and editing the short documentary, Going Dark, The Final Days of Film Projection. When not working, Jay spends his time playing soccer, screen printing, playing guitar, watching Netflix, making balloon animals, learning yo-yo tricks, reading, and looking for new hobbies that he can't make time for. Jay, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on the show. And our listeners may or may not know, uh, I was a guest on your show, the Miscellaneous Important Stuff podcast. So I'll make sure and put the link down in the show notes so they can go visit you. Awesome. Yeah. And that was, uh, I just posted that episode last, was it last week, I think? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I shared it shamelessly. Favorites. Okay. Right. <laughs> I <Awesome>. appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Do you say that to all the guests? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's required, right? No, yeah, but I is. really, I mean, I really did enjoy it. I did too. And that's why I thought immediately I've got to have you on the show. And so I've, I've been looking forward to this. Yes, me too. Well, Jay, as you may know, we start each episode with a kickoff question and you've chosen yours and we'll start there and just see where the conversation takes us. Okay. All right. So Jay, when did you know that you wanted to be doing what you're doing now? Well, you sort of mentioned it in the intro. It's a story that I always tell people when they ask me how I got started. And it was when I was 14. I got a video camera for Christmas. It was a little eight millimeter discontinued video camera, but that changed everything for me. I mean, I'd always created things when I was younger. I did little radio shows with my sister and I did stop motion videos and I I just loved making things. But when I had a camera, that's when I think I sort of took a different direction. And from that point on, I knew I wanted to make movies. I wanted to tell stories and that I was dedicated to that path. Um, But now looking back, I don't know that I ever would have thought I'd be doing what I'm doing now. Um, because at that point, my only thought was, I'm going to make movies and that's it. I, there is nothing else. And now I have a very different outlook on storytelling and creativity. And especially now that things are changing with media, I don't know that that's the, the right path for me anymore. But 
I do look at that day that I got that camera as the moment where things sort of changed for me. Yeah. And that's really cool. Some of us do have a moment in time where we can remember how old we were and I don't know, maybe even where you were or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, sights and sounds and textures around you um, and can point to that single moment in time. But like you said, also that you couldn't imagine where you'd be today. And then you gave some of those factors, some of those reasons why. Uh, just interested to hear some of your story from that moment when, you know, at 14, you got the camera and your life changed. What, and you started working on these initial projects. Um, what are some of the, the, uh, the, the chapters of the stories of your life since then? Well, I mean, and it really was that day that I started making little movies. I mean, I took it wow. and I, I made like commercials or we reenacted things we had seen on TV, me and my siblings. I have two younger brothers and an older sister. And uh, then I think that summer I made, me and my friends wrote a short film and we made that. We did comedy sketches. We did, I mean, we just shot everything. And it, what I loved about it, it was, was that I was just hanging out with my friends and we were making things. And that that is still my favorite thing to do, to make things with, the people that I like. Um, but so that from 14 ish to 18, I kind of did those things. I went to film school at Oklahoma city community college and, um, continued to get better. I made some short films, um, won a few student awards and after college, it was still, there was still that struggle. It didn't work out for me, of course, the way I thought it would. I didn't make uh, this big award-winning movie that would propel me into a, a Hollywood career. But I continued to work and make short films in my spare time. And then uh, I you know, got into a corporate job and another corporate job and then advertising where I am now. But actually taking it back a little bit from from uh, 17 to 21, I delivered papers and that was what I did while I went to school and made movies. And, and I look at that time as one of the happiest. And uh, those were very formative years for me because it was a time where I didn't have, I learned a lot about work ethic. I worked seven days a week. I worked in the middle of the night. I didn't make a lot of money, but I had there was a freedom that came with delivering papers that I have, uh, I haven't seen since, which I've, I've, uh, I've kind of realized that lately that that time was, there was a freedom there that I miss. Right. I so, totally get that. And I'm not trying to cut you off. Remember where you're at, yeah. but, but that's, it's such an important point as a fellow, as another creative person you know, um, I love to create, I love to be a, a part of the process. I'm a collaborator as well. So I'm, I'm really interested in working with folks who they don't have to get it, but, uh, that are willing to participate and, and give mm -hmm. all that they can to a, to a process or a project. It just, it, it's a lot of fun. And that's what I get to do with coaching every day. It's really a creative process. And, um, you know, but, but creativity can be demanding. It, it asks a lot yeah. of us and, and that freedom aspect that you mentioned there, you're able to look back now and, and talk about freedom. Um, are, are there, are there moments and I'm sure there are. So 
mm-hmm. what types of moments do you experience freedom in your in your daily life now in terms of like especially the creative process well i think i get most of that from the podcast that i do yeah because there is there's no boss there's no one telling me how it should be better or could be better i mean people give advice but um it's one of the few areas in my of my life with creativity that i don't have to overthink it uh if it's bad, it's bad. If it's good, it's good. But I get to just do it. And there are no consequences for it not turning out the right way for a client or a boss or for anybody. So that um, that's probably what I enjoy most about doing a podcast or doing anything creative at home, making anything, I don't know, building a, a Lego car, whatever it is, uh, the, the freedom to do that without criticism. Um, it, I, I love it. Not that criticism is a bad thing. I think constructive criticism is, is helpful, but it can also keep people from creating in a way where they'll, they'll really find out what they want to do. I think people stop creating because there's so much, well, there can be a lot of negative energy depending on who it's coming from. There absolutely so. can. You know, I, I agree 100% with that. There's, there's, there's nothing wrong, like you said, and I agree on that constructive criticism. If it's, if it's building, if it's generative, if it's meant to be truly helpful, then that, that helps us to develop our craft and, and hone our skill. But I know from experience what you mean, and this is me talking, I, you know, I'm a sensitive person. A lot of creatives mm-hmm. are, not all, but most of us have some of that in there. And part of that is because we're burying our soul. You know, when, when we yeah. put something you know, out there, we're like, okay, here it is, you know, and then uh, what do you think about it? And, and sometimes we don't have to ask, you know, in today's world, but uh, that's yeah, true. You know, you get told immediately. <laughs> you do. You get instant <laughs> feedback, whether you want it or not. Yeah. I, uh, it, yeah. It, and it is tough to put yourself out there like that. I mean, even like on my show, I, I talk a lot of, about a lot of personal stuff, which I like doing. I like having those conversations, but at the same time, you're putting that out there for the world and you're saying, this is, well, this is who I am. And you're hoping people accept that, but they don't always. So that, but I think that's freeing. That's, that's therapeutic. That has been really good for me to just be like, well, you don't have to like who I am. You don't have to like the way I approach things or the things I say, but this is who I am. And that I think that's one of the best things anybody can do to just go, this is it. This is, and I'm doing the best I can. Right. You know what, as, as the person that I am, when I hear you say that, I'm like, if we could all do that, you know, and I, I'm, my hope is that in the, in the time of COVID-19, when this episode was recorded and we're all hunkered down and we're, a lot of us are looking inside of ourselves, whether we want to or not, because it's hard to look too far into the future right now out there. So we're doing the best we can with what we got. We're trying to make sense of, of chaos and disruption. And so hopefully some of these lessons, really we can, we can learn from them. Um, what are your thoughts about this time of COVID-19 and, and you know, being at home a lot? And, and um, how has that affected you, I guess, if you don't mind me asking that? How has it affected your day-to-day? Yeah, I've been sort of up and down. but. Um in some ways it's been great for me because I, I have a tough time slowing down and 
So this pandemic has sort of done that for me where all these obligations I've, I've had, they just sort of went away and I've had time to just be at home, focus on the things I want to focus on and figure out what is my path moving forward professionally and personally. And, you know, the things that we don't always think about, we don't always slow down and think about those things. So I, I think it's been positive. It's definitely, it's, I think the longer this goes on, the rougher it gets because I do miss being around people, like more people and being able to go out and, uh, you know, hug the people you love. And, you know, I live, I'm single and I live alone. So I spend most of my time alone right now. And uh, it's probably not a good thing. I mean, I, I like my alone time, but, you know, for a month or six weeks, it's probably, <laughs> it's probably not healthy. So, uh, it's, I think it's been rough just like it has been for everybody else, but um, I see a lot of the the positive things that are going to come out of this. Yeah, I, that's, I love the honesty of that answer. You know, um, for me too, it's, uh, I mean, I'm a life coach and I, and I have some really great ideas and, and helpful suggestions and I'm human also. So I try to let people know on a regular basis, I, I don't have answers for this right now. I, we're in this together. I'm doing the best I can to say that again. And, and some days are better than others. And there's a lot of roller coaster action for me. There's a lot, there's a lot of ups and downs. I'm like, man, this is kind of like when I launched my business, you know, a few years ago, it's like, it's like all the extreme up and down uh, action again. And, yeah. and my, my family's at home. Uh, I am an introvert. And so I can spend a lot of time on my own. But but my family's at home and uh, and we all get lonely. Each one of us has had that loneliness and some down times and down days, uh, meaning like depression or the blues. And and it's it's wearing. So before we went on air, I was telling you, we went outside today. You know, we went to the park and we social distanced and all that and saw the, the you know, the police tape around the swing set. Uh, <laughs> do not cross. I felt like there was a crime scene. Oh. So yeah. bizarre. It's very odd. And so uh, and that was just a real, that um, was a real benefit to all of us to be able to do that, get some sunshine, have some kind of normalcy and, uh, and then come back home. Yeah. We don't really think about, we, we've never really had to think about this much time alone in isolation. Most of us, I mean, maybe some people have, but for the most part, we're all social creatures introvert extrovert doesn't matter i think everyone wants connection so this is like it's a forced social experiment in a way yes well said yeah well i I like that perspective you know um seeing it as an experiment that's really interesting language to me is is you know what are the possibilities that to me when i hear that and when i use that language it's like you know i'm curious i'm trying to I may not like it all, but that at least gives me some perspective to see what might unfold and, and how could this go. Yeah, I think we're at the very least we'll learn something from this, you know, for the future because this, I'm sure this will happen again or some form of it. So if we know how we're going to react to it, we can probably have a, a better idea of how to to handle it when it does inevitably come up. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, there's like five things that I've learned already. And uh, so I'll be, be writing those down and putting those into action from you. Okay. Well, so, uh, so back to, you know, your path and you were, you know, um, 
in your twenties, I think is where we, your early twenties. Is that where we left? It doesn't have to be, uh, old, but yes. Okay. Uh, I may be wrong. Uh, it doesn't really matter, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I really wanted to dive back into your, your passion and you know, what is it like for you to, to storytell through video, to collaborate with others, to the ins and outs of the projects? I mean, just all of it. I want to hear all, I'm excited about it. Oh man, where to start with that? I mean, I, question. yeah, it is a big question. I've, <laughs> it's got the, the process is something I'm trying to enjoy. And it's something I didn't enjoy for a really, really long time. Okay. Because and it's something I had to learn that, you know, I used to, I was always looking to finish one thing and get on to another, another one that if I can just finish this project, I'll be happy. If I can finish the story and get this movie into a film festival and something good happens then I'll be happy. And it took me a lot of years to realize that that wasn't going to happen. And that, uh, the reason I wasn't happy wasn't because of the thing that didn't go well. It was because I, I probably wasn't approaching any project in the way I should have been. Uh, I was working on the wrong projects. I was working too much. And um, so I kind of got off on a tangent here. But I mean, that I mean, that is a big part of my story is that for years and years and years, I worked, I'd work a full time job, and then I'd work. Um, uh, oh, I mean, I still do it work in my free time on other projects. And I was always trying to get somewhere. But I didn't know where I was going. I was like chasing happiness and uh and i never got there i mean not as a destination i think it's a it's a i'm still in the process but um something that's come up really recently that i've realized for myself is that all i want for my life is creative freedom and you know i i went from job to job to job because i thought the goal was at a certain point to to get the job that'll make me happy, to get uh, a good salary, to get a job where I could be creative. And, you know, people would look at me and say, oh my gosh, you get to do what you love for a living, you know, because I was making videos. But really, that's not what, that wasn't it for me, just having a job where I made videos. I mean, you can get a job, there's lots of places you can get a job making videos, but it's not creative. So just in recent years, I've realized that it's more about not just using the skills that I have, but finding a creative freedom uh, where I can make the things I want to make and enjoy the process. And that was huge for me. And I, I think it's also one of the most difficult things to do for any creative person or artist to, to be able to do that full-time for yourself I think it feels impossible and I have friends that probably think I'm crazy for wanting that but that uh that's my goal and that's that's I thought sort of takes you from 20s till till now because there was like that was this huge gap where I was I was creating but I wasn't happy and uh yeah it's just recent years where I've started to figure out how to make it happen where I feel fulfilled and happy and wanting more. Yeah. Let's go there. Cause that's some people spend their whole lives. I have a lot of conversations with people like we're having now that involve, you know, the ups and downs and ins and outs of life and the question of work and purpose and function and 
what is this all about and what does it mean and, and how can I be fulfilled and happy? Mm-hmm. And, and you've been there, done that, found out a lot of what didn't work and are, have found out or, and continue to find out what does work for you. So what are some of those things that you can describe that actually bring you fulfillment in creative freedom and uh, doing the projects that you want to do? Oh, the things that do work? Yeah, that do work for you. What gets I you think excited? It's, it's I, I think in, you know, in the beginning, when I first started out, I was looking at what everyone else was doing. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to make movies. So I'm looking at what are, the, what are other people doing when they make movies and what are their goals? What are, what are they after? And I was just, I was just sort of mimicking that. Um, and I think the things that work for me are, well, first of all, I had, I had to figure out what do I actually enjoy? Like, what are the parts of creativity that I enjoy? And uh, a big one is connecting with people. I love talking to people. Um, I love, I love working with my hands and making things. I love telling uh, emotional stories, stories that I connect with, stories that are part of me. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of things. But then, you know, figuring out how to incorporate that into my work, which I just didn't do before. It was like I was making something for somebody else. And what's been great is it was great when I started to make things for me. And that that's the biggest thing is not worrying about what everyone else is creating. It's like, we're all very unique. So the things that I create, nobody else is going to create. And when I started focusing on that, I think it just got much easier. That is a hard leap for people to take. And you said it, I, and I can, I know that you've covered that terrain in your own life because of how you described it. Um, And it resonates with me, you know, and when I started out, I have a lot of career, uh, changes and many of them do connect with who I am. Uh, the way that I was doing the work, a lot of them did not, and mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't able to work in a in a supportive environment. For example, it needs to I need to have enough support in in my environment that I'm working in to be able to sustain my passion. Um, it needs to have some meaning. It needs to be relevant to me, and that that means knowing who I am. And what I hear you saying is knowing yourself and really what you enjoy doing. One word for that is passion. Another word is fulfillment. There's strengths there, interests, and, and then really finding out um, how to express your own creative, you want to call it a signature, your own style, your own brand of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so when did that, I'm really curious about that. When did you turn that corner and start to create things that were satisfying to you? And how did you know? I think it was gradual. Yeah. Because there was, I think I was always sort of making things that I really wanted to make. But, hmm. I mean, that's a great question. Because I don't, for that one, I don't have that moment. I just, um, I think I just spent too much time chasing a ghost. I mean, it was like the, I was chasing something I wasn't ever going to get to. It was always trying to get to the next thing instead of enjoying the thing that I'm on. That was, that was a big part of it too. Um, But I don't know. I don't think I have that singular moment where I stopped creating for other people and 
I mean, I think it's still a struggle because when, especially if you're trying to create for, for money, you, you are thinking about an audience. You're thinking about, about what other people like. And I think there's always going to be that piece of it. Or if you're working in advertising or marketing, you, you have a client. So, you know, for anybody who's doing that, I think uh, a big part of about finding fulfillment is working on your side projects that you actually enjoy. But I guess when I think about what I want to do, uh, I try to think about what would I be making? What would I be talking about with other people? What am I thinking about when nobody's, there's no deadline, nobody's requiring anything of me? Like, what am I most interested in? And that is, I guess that's what I try to focus on now. And I don't know. I feel like I kind of went in circles there. I don't know if that that answered it at all. I think I think it did. You know, and it's it's okay with me to go in circles. Um, uh, <laughs> I can track most of it. And, and you know, for me, what I picked out, and this isn't all of it, but what I picked out is um, you tried to do it somebody else's way. You know, you took which is really common. I know it is for me when I started because we, I didn't know what I was doing coming into this field. I knew I had some strengths and some skills. I definitely was aligned with my purpose and passion and and doing coaching. Um, But it was new. It's a new field and it was a new job for me. Uh, Very different from, from much of what I'd done previously, but really in line with who I am. And that Mm -hmm. brings me to what I heard you say is like, um, you know, from that tendency to, uh, want to get the next thing done and then the next thing after that and the next thing after that, which I mean, that's most Americans and probably most of the world now it was built yeah. that way. Speed is a value uh, and, and accomplishment for its own sake. For some reason we have to check the boxes and get stuff done. Um, but, but being present is, is really getting a lot done because when we find out what really moves us, what really excites us, we, we become uniquely ourselves and that is a struggle that our society doesn't really know how to do very well. And for us creative types, yeah. when, when we're able to align, that's where it's at. You know, then, then the work gets meaningful and relevant. And we're like, this is really interesting stuff now. Yeah, now that you say that, it also it reminds me of um, so the documentary that I made about film projection. And it was, I guess it was 2012, 2013 when we made it. But that that one sticks out for me not because we ended up winning an award for it but because we made a movie about film projection which was dying and for me and the friend that i made it with it was very very special for us because you know that was our childhood going to movies and hearing the film projector and movies i think for everyone ha- they it has sort of a magical quality to it you know especially when you're young because there is this it just opens up your imagination and it, it opens up worlds. And when we made that, it just took me back to being a kid. You know, I got to be up in the film projection booth, which if you would have told me I could do that when I was 10 years old, I would have just lost my mind. Just the, the thought of that being up there, seeing the projectors run. Um, and then we were able to tell a story that a lot of people connected with because a lot of people had those same feelings that we did. And that for me was the most special part both of those things combined um, made that made that project something that I can look back on and and look at as a milestone and something that I want to base all my f- 
future work off of because the, the feelings associated with that were so important to me. Um, I guess it was then and with that, that I realized that, um, that I needed to be doing more of that because I don't get that a lot. I don't get that a lot, but it's, it's, it was the most meaningful to me. Yeah. When those special moments come, I mean, we can't create them. It's, there's something to it. We can be in the right place at the right time uh, and with the right frame of mind in those, in those special places. And man, when it all comes together, that's, you know, that's what keeps me going. That, that's mm-hmm. a similar thing that used to keep me chasing drinks and drugs. You know, it's like when that all came together for that perfect set of feelings, but, but really it's more sustainable for me to, to, to find ways to chase that, that magic concoction of creativity and collaboration and meaningful stories and people want to hear it and it changes them somehow. Uh, it's, it's really validating and beyond validating. I mean, it's, it uh, brings us alive. Yeah. It meant the world to me to hear other people talk about it and hear that it brought back memories from their childhood or from when they were a projectionist or, you know, all those stories that they had, like, you know, they appreciated being brought back to that time. And that just meant so much, you know, more than any award or anything else could have given me. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I hear it. And, you know, it, I'm just having memories now just thinking about it. You know, so as a, as a fellow storyteller, you know, poetry and songwriting and uh, really the narratives that we have in our minds through life purpose. I, I'm a storyteller and a story listener also. And I'm thinking back to those days when I was in um, elementary school and had those, those videos were old then when I was in school, they were probably 30 years old then. I remember more than once them wheeling the projector in and having the film melt, you know, in, in the middle and, and, uh, yeah. and they'd have to splice it back together. Or if the teacher didn't know how we were done, you know, get out your worksheets. <laughs> this is the worst. Cause when you know you're watching a movie in class, you get excited. Yeah. You don't have to do the regular work. So if right. you have to go back to your work, it's like, ugh, it's the worst feeling. It was terrible. So, yeah, I, I don't have too many of those feelings right now because I can remember the smell, you know, of the, of the film projector and see the dust in front of the lens yeah. when the light came on. So I'm, I'm definitely transported back there now. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. So there's a moment, right, that, that we've uncovered. Yeah. That, that that's Hey, that's when it came together in, in, in a really powerful way. What, um, what are some of the, let's say, recent projects that you've been up to that, that you're interested in or that you find satisfying? It can be video. We can start with video, but it can be anything that just comes to your mind. Okay. Uh, well, something I'm working on right now that I, I'm pretty excited about, I think it's going to turn out good, is a, it's a new series. It's called First Quencher. And it's about, uh, well, people are telling their stories about their first time. Um, well, for season one, it's about their first kiss. So the idea would be to do several seasons, each one focusing on a different subject. But this first season, there's six episodes and it's focused on uh, everyone's first kiss. They tell their story. And, you know, that was just a lot of fun to film. It's going to be a YouTube series, so it's video. But um, it's fun to film because I, I feel like everyone has a similar experience. A lot of people have a similar experience. I mean, different setting, different age, but it's all the same. It was, it was awkward or, uh, it's, it it seemed like the same feelings no matter who I talked to. So, uh, I really enjoyed hearing everyone's story and 
you know, them being so honest about it, you know, taking me back with them to when they were whatever age and, and tell me the details of that moment, because it's, uh, you know, it's sort of universal. I think everyone can relate to that. So that's something I'm editing right now and hope to be done with in the next month or two. It's just been a slow process, but you know, that one's sort of aligns with the, you know, everything that I'm passionate about. So, which is connecting with people and, and storytelling and video and creative freedom. So, um, really excited about that actually. Yeah. And, and kissing's pretty good too. So, I mean, that, <laughs> that's pretty universal too <laughs> yeah 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 exactly well okay so do you can you give us a couple of um little teasers uh that, that so you know we can whet our appetite for the these first quenchers let's see um you want like pieces of one of the stories you well sure it, it, whatever you want to reveal and i'll of course drop the in the show notes uh when, when it comes live i'll let people know okay um well, there were two of them that were first kisses on stage, which oh, I think wow. were really interesting. I don't yeah. know that I could have handled that. <laughs> I no I way. Mean, I know I no. couldn't. No, no they, uh, they were both in a play and it was going to be their first kiss. And it was different plays, different experiences, but just, you know, that same setting, being on stage during a play. And... Um, yeah, I don't want to give away too much, but I think yeah. that that setup is pretty interesting because I think, man, I yeah, I just can't imagine that taking place on a stage in front of a crowd. I think they're very <laughs> brave people to uh, to do that and go through with it and and you know come out fine on the other side. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll definitely be looking for that. And I've got two teenage daughters and. Um, you know, one of them has a, a long-term boyfriend. The other one hasn't gotten to that point of dating and, and okay. that we know of <laughs> any romantic interest that we know of. And so um, I think that'd be a lot of fun for them to hear. So that's, that's good stuff. Yeah. That was my, my other thought too, is that for, you know, if you've had a first kiss, yeah, then you, you can sort of relate to these stories. If you haven't had one, then you go, okay, great. So it's not good for everyone. So I don't have anything to worry about when I think oh, this is going to be terrible. I'm nervous. It's no, everyone. It's, it's true for everyone. Yeah, it absolutely is. <laughs> I'm thinking of mine. I'm not going to share that with you right here, but yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm more the self-conscious. I'm, what was that? And I think I ran away. So did I say that? Yeah, yeah I did. I did. Yeah. So that happens. <laughs> See, it's like, it's, it's very uh, in line with the, the other stories that, uh, you know, my subjects told. So yeah, absolutely. Well, okay. So I don't know how much you can talk about with your daily work work that you get to do with uh, insight creative group or, or others, you know, that you're doing pro professionally, but uh, yeah. What can you share with us that uh, projects that you've been involved with and a little bit about the team, if you'd like. Uh, well, so at inside creative group, it's a small ish team. I guess I don't know what a large agency looks like, but we are a team of 25 right now. And I've been there for four and a half years. Uh, I started as a video specialist, uh, mostly editing. And now I, uh, I do most of the shooting, most of the commercials. Um, we do long form documentaries. We do stories. Um, and we work with a lot of different brands most of them local, regional, 
Um, St. Anthony is one of our, well, I guess they are our biggest client. Um, and then we do stuff with Ted's and the garage floor trader, uh, Carter Chevrolet. Um, who else? We have a lot of different clients. So that, I mean, that is one of the cool parts about being there is there is a variety and I work with, uh, so many talented creative people, graphic designers and other, other video specialists and animators. And, you know, that, that is fuel for the creative fire in a way being around other people who are passionate and do good work which that's definitely something i was missing from previous jobs um you know i i was mostly the the lone marketing guy at other jobs where i was the one that had to do everything i was the only one that knew video i was the only one that knew design and so there was all that pressure with nobody to to lean on um, and so coming to an agency was great because there was collaboration. There was, there's really good feedback. There was, um, there were people pushing you to be better. And that's something, that's something I really enjoyed over the last four and a half years. Yeah. I'm just trying, I'm picturing it, you know, uh, I don't know what it's like to be there. I've seen a few pictures online. I went and did a little bit of research. It looks like there is creative energy bouncing off the walls in that place, you know, at least at times. I'm sure there's work to do as yeah. well, but but there's all kinds of interesting storytelling and little, uh, the, the employee feature, little mini stories. I, I don't know what they're yeah. called, but I, I watched several of those and thought those were a lot of fun. Yeah, we and, you know, they did a good job of creating, uh, you know, just a space that, that, well, the space is creative just the space itself you know it's uh it's got a ball pit and um we used to have a pool table and a ping pong table and they got rid of some of that stuff because we're filling up the building now there's not a lot of room for some of those extra things but um <laughs> it, it it just it does feel like a creative space and it's a it's a open environment uh which can be good and bad but uh you know it allows for collaboration people uh talking and discussing projects and it's it's definitely uh, a good bunch of people. So that before that, they were in, I think, a, uh, just like a regular office building. So it was definitely a big change. I think that was, they moved into the current space in 2009, and then they've just continued to build it out. And now we have, so have you been, ever been to McCurtain County, Beaver's Bend? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Many times well, growing up. So we do the tourism for McCurtain County now. And once we got them as a client, uh, there's there was a second floor loft uh, in the building and they turned that into a little cabin just to sort of, <laughs> I guess, celebrate <laughs> the, the win, but also make it a conference room and creative space. So now if you come in the building and you look up, there's this, I mean, this it's an actual cabin on the second floor, wood floors and wood paneling and little fake fireplace that you can that goes into the attic so it's a fun creative space and i feel like every six months they're coming up with new ideas for construction <laughs> that so they're, yeah they're creating the creative space itself on, on an ongoing basis which makes perfect yes sense. it's always I totally changing. get that yeah i get it <laughs> well yeah, they i mean if, if it stays the same then um you know that's that's not good either i mean it, it evolves over time just like we do and just like the work does yeah 
Well, and so we have a few more minutes. And as my my interconnect my internet connection is unstable, I'm getting I'm getting notes. So hopefully we don't sound like we're in the matrix or something. But <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but I I did want to give you a chance to highlight yourself and if you're you know other uh, websites and projects that you do or you know if you're for hire how folks can get in touch with you and of course I'll drop it in the show notes but uh, yeah where else can people find out about your work and, and working with you uh, well to find out about what I'm doing with uh, miscellaneous important stuff which is really the my big project right now that includes this new series I'm working on and the podcast that I do weekly uh, you can go to my website at miscimportantstuff.com or YouTube channel, which is, I think it's just youtube.com slash miscellaneous important stuff. And if you Google miscellaneous important stuff, I'm the only thing that shows up because it's a very odd phrase. Um, and actually, to maybe I can explain that real quick for any. Yeah, please do. I don't think. Um, so miscellaneous important stuff is, uh, it's a box of stuff that I've had for many years that I keep. Uh, it's just important things. You know, I, I, I'm very sentimental. Uh, I like to keep things like movie tickets and I don't know, programs to plays, but a lot of these things don't have a place, you know, they don't just go, I can't just lay it on the table forever. It's not going to go on the shelf. So a lot of these things that are important to me, I end up putting in a box and then that goes into a bigger box, but it's a way for me to keep those important memories organized. Um, and that's a huge part of me. So when I thought about making my show and sort of my brand, that that's the first phrase that came out. And that's what everything is under now, miscellaneous important stuff. So, but I, website uh, is probably the best place to get in, get in touch or to see what I'm doing. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. I'll say it again on my own show. I said it when I was on your show. Do yourself a favor, people, and go check out Jay's website. Uh, miscellaneous important stuff. I'll, I'll give you the link uh, if you didn't get it already. And you'll see his, in, I'm calling it the intro video. Correct me if it's not called that. What do you I, call I, it? Yeah, I think that's probably, yeah, I don't know what else I would call it. Intro video sounds good. Please <laughs> go see that. Uh, it's such excellent work. Um, high quality, really interesting storytelling in, in just a couple of minutes about what miscellaneous important stuff is. Uh, I really enjoyed it. So go check that out. And Jay, I wanted to give you a, a, another minute or two in our closing time. Uh, anything that you would suggest to folks? We are in the middle of coronavirus and, and um, staying at home, and maybe we're going to transition some out and maybe not. Uh, you know, what words of wisdom or just closing remarks would you have for people during this time? Oh, man. Well, I guess for any, any other creative out there, I would say to just uh, keep making things. And to not put any pressure on yourself right now. I think um, I, I definitely feel uh, a pressure to get stuff done because it's who I am. But I think it's also important to slow down, uh, to try to enjoy the time that you have alone and figure out, you know, what you want. Because this period of time is, is something that is not going to come up a lot in life where you're, you're forced to sit still and do nothing. So I hope other people are taking advantage of it. I think, I think it's not all bad. So yeah, my, my advice to anybody would be to just to sit still sit in that create something. And um, I don't know, maybe look inward a little bit. I absolutely love that. Jay Sheldon, thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. I've enjoyed it. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Sure thing. You've been listening to the Live Your Purpose podcast. I hope you've been inspired by my conversation with today's guest. If you like what you hear, please share with your social networks and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, Life Purpose Coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. To learn more about the life coaching, public speaking, and retreat services that I offer, visit fullintegrationcoaching.com. And you can follow along with me on Facebook and Instagram at Full Integration Coaching. Until next time, remember, you are meant to live on purpose. Start living yours today.